Hi, thanks for joining me, Andrew Overman. Uh, on this week's episode of the Estate Agents Podcast, I'm joined as ever by my partners in crime, Stephen Brown and Luke St. Clair. Morning, guys. Morning. Good. How Morning. are we all? Yeah, yeah good. good, good, good. Good, good, good. So, so shining. We're at the half year point. We are. Yes. We are. So, um, yeah. We talk about that, I think, in, um, in our next podcast, we're going to talk about that. But today, it was just to um, welcome Luke back from his um, trips around um, Leicester and also, <laughs> and, and also Australia, um, and just to dig a little bit deeper about Eric, um, is it worth going, um, and really, knowing you, um, what three things have you already implemented since you've been back? Yeah, no, no, cool, cool. So, um, yeah, so it seems, seems a big distant memory now, even though it was only, what, uh, a month ago nearly um, that I was that Eric was on. Um, and it's not long now until the next one, which is Tom Ferry in, um, in California. I'm really looking forward to that because there's some good speakers. But um, on, the, um, on the Eric one, so I think that, I would say the biggest thing that we're implementing at the minute is the stock review. Um, and this was something that I picked up from, not from Eric itself, but being over in Australia and being uh, a part of a morning meeting at Hodges in Sandringham with Kylie Charlton. Uh, really lovely lady, great team there as well. Um, and she, or they opened their doors to, to let me come in for a couple of days. Um, and that was a complete stock review in their Monday morning meeting. So they went through their 42 properties and looked at how they were performing, what they can be doing in order to get that vendor sold, what techniques. And that's something we've started on at one of our branches and it's already having massive, massive results, um, from stock that's been sitting there we've tied up two maybe three sales and we've only been running it now for two weeks brilliant so what sort of things are you looking at when you do the review so with the um with the stock review so we have uh, it's done on a screen so again we've changed our morning meeting structure now so it's done on a large computer screen within the office um so everything's visual on the screen so they can see pictures of it there's no kind of going off to a desk to look at uh, the database somewhere else so we brought a big 50 inch lcd screen on a wheelie stand that we wheel out at the beginning of each morning and then wheel away um, and that contains all the key figures as to what what's going on but importantly with the stock review so that's a pdf file that we just bring up on the screen where we've got a picture of the home it's got details about the home when it came to market how many days it's been on the market so we can see uh, those properties where they're coming up to their year anniversary and there are a few um for various reasons but how many bedrooms the the size of the property and that's and that was quite important because the size in terms of how many square feet square meters take that from the epc and then you can calculate the pound per square foot so it gives the negotiators a little bit more of an insight sometimes then when they're talking with their vendors when maybe you've got two properties on the same street that are miles apart and pound per square foot and why could that be it could be conditioned but it could be that the price isn't aligned properly um so again it's just giving that little bit of extra information but also if you're associated with land and new homes if you're dealing with a land and new homes client 
then it shows a bit more knowledge of the area when it comes to pound per square foot and it helps the valuers. How many viewings are still taking place? How many viewings have taken place in total? Do we have a board at the property? So there's like a, a green tick for a board, a, a red cross for a no board. How many offers have we had? So can we revisit those offers? Who is the property manager and who is the valuer to, to get involved? So we go through all of that and then we talk about different ways about how we can get get reignite interest. And But it's a conversation, it's a discussion that goes on between everyone. So we kind of share each other's problems do you um also go through um so how many um hits you've had that day on right move on your own website on facebook on youtube on instagram as well and are you having those conversations with um with your vendors as well so those conversations are going on it's quite a manual process at the minute however we are just in the final those of our listeners that don't know we we don't use an off-the-shelf crm or or database um and we actually built our own so we're just in the final stages of bringing in all the right move data um we've got access to our own website data and then it'll be the zoopla data so that we can show people um that so we can look at the trends when things are dropped off when we change when we've changed photos around um so we can try and not automate but we can make that more systemized so which properties haven't had a featured property on right move so we're bringing all that data into our database so that we can then manipulate it and put it into the friendly format for them in their in their stock review um for it but this this is this stock review has been great because sometimes you find maybe I don't know if you find this Andrew with maybe the negotiators in the office sometimes because you're so involved day to day in the office sometimes you can become a bit blind about how you can encourage and help vendors to change things or come up with ideas and just that half an hour in the morning of just pooling those ideas gives them action points to go back to their vendors with. I think it's an awesome idea I think you know as agents, I think we're all guilty of having those odd two or three properties in the drawer that have hung around for, for far too long, much longer than you'd like. And I think sometimes as well, the negotiators get a little bit disheartened. Obviously, you've got the new stock coming on, which is attractive. It's fresh to the market. It's going to generate new inquiries, but it's the, the stock that's hanging around that's stale that, that obviously we should be paying attention to. I think it's a, it's a great idea. Luke, what was, your, what was your next best learning? What, what, what else have you implemented? Uh, so the next best learning was something from uh, Mark and Lisa Novak. Um, now, I know some agents may be doing this over here in the UK already, but again, great agency uh, in a place called DY in Sydney. Um, and they, they probably spent the best part of nearly two hours with me. Bearing in mind, I, I kind of just messaged them on the morning to say, are you around? And so they took time out of their day to accommodate me. So really, really great agency. Their energy levels are fantastic. So again, that was something I took from it was their energy levels. Whoever you seem to meet, they like they're bouncing off the wall, but in a good way. So it's not in your face. Tell me about their office, Luke. So their office is um, it's quite something different. So it's a bit like a cafe. So you would walk in and think it's a normal cafe. So there's like a bar. The barista is behind the bar, but that's like um, director of first impressions. So that's like the receptionist. Um, and you can go in there, there's chairs. Um, so that's where they meet with their clients. They don't meet with a desk 
uh, with a negotiator behind it and then two chairs which is like your typical estate agent's office here theirs is very much set out a bit like a cafe where customers can come in they speak with their customers um, they have meetings they even have like christmas parties there where they welcome their customers in there's a ginormous screen on the wall um, and it's got to be 40 feet wide um, by maybe 10 feet tall and that that at the time was just playing because um, at the time it was vivid in sydney which is a light show so they were just doing their own version of vivid for dy so but with mark and lisa it was whatsapp groups and joining your vendors up so how they structure it is get their vendors so both mr and mrs or maybe it's a deceased estate so all the parties involved in that one whatsapp group where the prop so we have property managers so that's the dedicated point of contact for the owner so they've got the consistency there and also the lister or valuer is what we may call them over here so they're all in a whatsapp group where regular communication so if it's the offer letter the offer letter gets chucked into the whatsapp group if it's uh, let's say they want the the internet performance statistics that Stephen mentioned earlier that gets chucked into there so all your communication generally goes via the whatsapp group but then you've got the opportunity for say mark to dip in if he needs to from a valuer's perspective um and and it works well and are you doing that on desktop whatsapp or mobile Both. or a combination so yeah so both so the beauty of it is um so we've brought all of our uh negotiators in the office uh, a mobile phone so they've all got a, a an iphone with a mobile phone contract um to encourage better communication and also set up the whatsapp so set up whatsapp for business with the desktop app the two linked together so you're not so if the customer came in and saw a negotiator on their mobile phone most people probably think perhaps that person's doing social media um, not doing business whatsapp activities but again you can type better you can drag and drop files pdf files image files um, so i'll give you an example what we did last night was we dropped in the image files for the vendor to make their selection on photographs to make sure they were happy um, but then everyone in the business or that needs to know about that property and that action knows about it you're not having to then send them a separate message and it, you just got better cohesion there that's fantastic and also um what's really interesting about lisa is because uh, i follow her on social firstly i think they've been going for a couple of years um yeah. she just won this week so congratulations um lisa innovator of the year award yes. um at the reb women in real estate um awards which is incredible and then just going through her um facebook profile and i would have a look at it they're now starting to do a lot of off-market deals via Facebook. Um, yep. So if you're not following Lisa, have a look. Um, and she shares loads and loads of really good tips on there as to what she is doing and what is working really, really well. And I can see Andy frantically looking for Lisa Novak on Facebook as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> We're already connected. I, actually, I was looking into something, Stephen, because you mentioned um, off-market transactions. And I know that's something that we're going to cover off in another episode, and I'm keen to, uh, to drill uh, down with Luke more about Eric. But you're absolutely right. In this market, those off-market transactions can make all the difference. Um, we're coming towards the end of June, obviously, for the figures. Um, and it's um, for this month off-market transactions that we've put together um, in my office. 
and that you, you know they're not small deals either. That's four deals worth just under eighteen thousand um, pounds. So uh, phenomenal. But I know we'll cover that off again next time. With the WhatsApp groups, yeah. Luke, um, you're placing a huge amount of trust in your negotiators mm. um, and your uh, and your staff. What would you say to those people um, that may take the view that it's open to abuse? Um, I mean, there's not many business owners go out there and buy their whole team an, an iPhone, for example. No. What, what's, no. your, what's your thought process? What that you wouldn't have done that before you went to Arec. So, what was that light bulb moment at Arec to make you change that mindset and trust and develop the staff in that way? Um, I think I think you've got a you if you've got people in your business that, that you can't trust, then perhaps they shouldn't be in your business anyway. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, uh, I think I, I kind of resonate with something that John Paul said on that one. So you don't, if there's anyone that you don't trust, then they don't really need to be in your business, but it, we're not talking huge sums of money here for, so uh, an iPhone 6S, which is a more than capable phone, um, one hundred and fourteen ninety nine. So not 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 a lot of money, but still, it's like anything, it, it's still a cost. Uh, and a contract for twelve pounds a month. Um, and again, you can get it a little bit cheaper, but we've done it so that they've got fifteen gigabytes of data, unlimited calls, unlimited text, so they can prospect from that mobile phone as well. And it's proven when Stephen does his turn your data into gold. If you call mobile to mobile, or certainly prospect from your mobile, your general pickup rate or answer rate is generally higher, isn't it, Stephen? Oh, spot on. I mean, I just did a course this week, and um, what was incredible was the amount of people that were calling back um, from the mobile. Uh, and there wasn't a voice message left. They just left their um, name and number, and that was it. Um, and it must have been... 15 20 calls back whilst we were doing the session so yeah. mobile mobile to mobile definitely definitely works yeah without a shadow so, of Stephen so, just so, to jump in there Luke one of the questions yeah. that our listeners will undoubtedly ask is why are you not saying the business name why is it just a name and a number Stephen why am I not saying hi it's Andy from Chilton's could you give me a call back on zero seven eight seven two six nine three eight double four okay so because people are curious um, people want to know who's called them, so they're more likely to um, listen to their message, more likely to call you back and um, let you know who you are. Saying that, if you're phoning up and it's an applicant with a property to sell, you want to dangle a carrot. Okay, you mm. want them to call you back. So you know, maybe Andy's just on his way to see a property that I think you absolutely love. Please, can you give me a call so we can get you in before anybody else? Okay, but if it's a previous um, buyer, previous vendor, withdrawn property, I would um, I just leave your name and number. Yeah. Luke, if Thanks. we can keep him chatting long enough, do you think we'll get the whole uh, turn your data into gold session <laughs> in the podcast? Data. Yeah, then what we'll do, we'll we'll record it all, and then we'll set and then we'll sell it in bite size trips as an online course. <laughs> Thank you for your so, generosity, guys. So, so you, you've got to trust the people. Um, you, these mobile plans you can cap, so there's no concern about someone going off making maybe premium rate calls or these calls to the 0845 numbers that don't aren't included. You can cap the data. Um, but in terms of the conversations, they could still be going on by phone. They could still be going on by email. So just by giving them a mobile phone and a, 
uh, and access to WhatsApp doesn't really change the fact that these conversations could be going on. But also, is it not a good sign that you're investing in the future with them, that you're giving them the necessary tools? But also, think about video. So now everyone uh, within our offices has got uh, a mobile TV crew, effectively, in their pocket where they can go out to a property they can do a video, but even so they're at an open house. So the open house is getting busy. Quick, quick video just to update the vendor. You're not going to have time to speak to the vendor for three, four minutes, but just a quick 30 second video. Just say it's going really busy here, Mr. Jones. We've had 10 people through to have a look already. We've still got another 30 people booked in. Um, I'm going to update you at the end of it, but I just wanted to touch in and, and let you know what's happening. If, if and, you were a vendor, would you appreciate something like that? Absolutely, and and you'd video that and record that and drop it straight into that what the WhatsApp yeah. group that you've talked about. Yeah. So everything's instant, isn't it? Yeah. Communication. Yeah. I want to ask you because obviously we discuss um, in our WhatsApp group um, mm. for the podcast uh, a number of topics. Um, one of the stats that that came out from last weekend, I believe, Luke, you achieved a hundred and what percent of asking price on your most recent open. Yeah, so, so this was the, the prime example. So we had an open house last Saturday, um, really, really popular. So we had 40, I think it was something like 47 or 49 confirmed sets of buyers coming through to have a look. And yet we had probably a good dozen that turned up on the day as well on, on this particular property. Um, it was priced appropriately, so it wasn't underpriced and it wasn't overpriced. It was priced appropriately for the market, but because of the competition of the buyers, we drove that price. I think it was now we're about 115, 120% of asking price. Wow, that's amazing. And that, and that, and that buyer, that buyer is a mortgage buyer. However, um, we have a very close offer that is then cash uh, close to it as well. So, again, the danger in maybe our market is will that figure stack up on survey so again it's working with your vendor to to get the best outcome for the right buyer fantastic that's very impressive and open homes was one of the things that you came back with from eric about um three four years ago yeah so that was a three year ago thing um having experienced edward smythe's uh, open house uh when he was working with mcgrath um, and we've been doing them ever since. So we've probably, I think we're probably up to about 80 or so open homes now that we've done maybe in a, uh, it'll be two years on the 29th of July that we've been doing open homes. And that's um, a real differentiator. Yeah, massively. Andy. Luke, is every home worthy of an open home? No. Explain, please, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a manager valuer, so I mm. go into people's homes to appraise their properties, and we've got two local competitors um, that are corporate, and that's one of their sales tactics, isn't it? We'll give you an open mm. home, um, and it's attractive to some people. Why are some homes not good for an open home? So you've got, um, so in any market, you've always got properties or your, your marketing advice may be to a vendor to say, look, we don't know what the value of the home is because it's what someone's prepared to pay for it. The market's going to determine that value, but let's, let's try it at this figure and the market may surprise us. Again, ven matching vendors' expectations, there's no point going to an open house at a too high a price because you're not going to get the interest and it will just floor all flat but also sometimes you need to test that initial asking price with price feedback from maybe the first five buyers that come in to give you 
to give you an idea on the value of that home. So that that's one example of where maybe a vendor does want to try to achieve a really good premium and the market sometimes can can support that but also maybe the vendor hasn't found anywhere with an open home you're getting very much motivated buyers and if that vendor hasn't found anywhere yet but again they don't want to dis- disappoint themselves by finding a property losing the property of their dreams because they can't f- sell their own they want to be in a better position perhaps the open home isn't right for them because that motivated buyer wants to move quickly so we're often accused of being far too transactional in our industry. Um, what do you do with those buyers? Because let's face it, in this market, who wouldn't want 60 people traipsing through an open home? There's uh, 60 new business opportunities there. But w- what's, what's your after sale, if you like, with the buyers? Because you've got the vendor element where you're satisfying them, you're doing the video, you know, they are being kept up to speed. Yeah. What what does that journey look like from the buyer's perspective? So from the from the buyer's perspective, obviously on on the one that we had last weekend, there's potentially going to be fifty nine disappointed buyers. Not all of them were interested in the property. Some of them discounted it. Some of them didn't feel the value was there for them. So which is fine. But then there's but there's all these buyers that then we can then use on future future opportunities for us so whether or not it's other homes in the street so can you then speak to all your so this is taking Stephen's limelight but can you then speak to your valuations that you've been in that street or within the immediate area to say look we've we've had nearly 38 48 49 disappointed buyers would you be prepared for us to introduce them to yours because they really want to live in live within your area as one-off viewings and that's great. And a lot of these people were adding new to the database. <laughs> that database. <laughs> database. <laughs> Come on, what's your final takeaway, Luke? Um, it's it's a it's a tricky one because I've got I've had so much. So I'm trying to. Well, think can what we can break it down into several episodes. We can keep cool. going. <laughs> Give us your next one. <laughs> so um, the the next one is strong strong case studies. Um, and this was um, something taken from Edward um, Smythe uh, from NGU uh, Real Estate um, and also from um, uh, meet, meeting with him. It was um, making sure that you've got very convincing case studies and backing it all up with statistics. So if you're saying to someone, we're going to pop your property on Facebook to get well why back it up with case studies as to we put this property on facebook or these are the properties that were sold these are where the buyers came from so it's not just coming from right move it's not just coming from zoopla so do we know where the buyers from our last 10 sales are coming from so andy a question to you i suppose would be if as a potential vendor you were coming to see me could you tell me of the last 10 sales where did that buyer come from? How did they first come to find out about that particular property? I guess I'd be lying if I said I could on all occasions. I think that's somewhere that we um, we, we, we probably need to look at. So, because again, it's we, we say it's not about right move. We say it's not about Zooplo or, or, or whatever it is. But can we demonstrate that, well, actually, from the last 10 or from the last 20 sales, here's the pie chart and this is where all the buyers come mr and mrs jones actually and i'll give you a prime example of this with um one of my colleagues uh, rade um so 
we sold a property that had been on the market with another agent for let's say 16 weeks it roughly been along that and we came in we did video and that buyer wasn't looking in leicester um or that particular area of leicester um wasn't looking for that kind of property but had seen the video on linkedin and as a result of seeing it on linkedin is now buying a six hundred and fifty thousand pound home that six hundred and fifty thousand pound home is now buying another property of similar value through us um so all of a sudden that one buyer that wasn't potentially looking for that is buying it and falling in love with it i think we underestimate the power of social um a very, very similar story a buyer of ours you probably saw the um melford bridge road the cute little terrace that we mm. um we shot video of the week for a couple of weeks back um and the applicant inquiry on our crm had come in as though it was a right move inquiry well of course that that was taken literally because the advert that we generated linked back to right move when you delved yeah. a little bit deeper with um the buyers they'd seen the video on facebook yeah. Um, so that there's, there's, you know, a yeah. huge power. Stephen, can I just take it a step further? Cause I think it's great, um, finding out all that information, um, with right move and Zooplan, if it was Facebook and if it was a board or if it was a walk-in, if it was from your database, but actually breaking it down, were your buyers out of area? So, you know, have they come from um, a different county at all? Were they local? So was it a friend, family or neighbor from the road as well? Um, so I'd break it down a bit more mm. to say, well, hold on a second. You know, these last 10 sales, actually, one was a local buyer. One was an out of area buyer. One wasn't even buying, but he saw it on LinkedIn. So then all of a sudden you're saying, well, this is how we market your property to a widest audience to get the highest net price for your biggest tax free asset. Um, so I, I love the fact you're breaking it down, yeah. um, which is, that's, which is fantastic. That's gold. That's thank that, you. That, that, no, that is got, and that was the whole point about the, um, the case studies so that you're actually backing up with facts and figures and you're telling the story. So whether or not it's a story and the story isn't make believe the story is true, but you're telling the story. Um, about whether or not it's an open house, where the buyer came from, did it have a board, um, how many people. So again, sometimes you have objections to people wanting for sale boards. So can you demonstrate how many of your sales came as a result of the buyer actually seeing the for sale board driving around the area? That, that's, that's a, so what question can people be using? So maybe a takeaway from today's podcast for people is on your Monday morning meeting, can you be asking your negotiators right on every viewing that we book in now can we record it within our crm how did the buyer come to first find out about the property not where the inquiry source is coming from but how did they first get alerted to it because the chances are they could have seen the board they hop onto right move then find out more information well it was the board that they first saw not the right move adverts so and then with that data how can we use that maybe in a video with our vendor presentations so that may be a, something that someone can implement from monday morning that's a big learn for me uh luke because our videos in fact um while we're, we're recording this podcast uh, just a little shout out to Catherine um in my team who i know does listen um awesome she she uh, got on video this week um incredibly proud becky you're up next um and the reason that Catherine jumped on video 
was that um, over the course of the last three weeks, you know, we've been doing video now for about six months and we followed your lead, Luke. Over the last six weeks, we've had four or five people that have specifically said, where are you recording next week? They've been into the office and my, my colleagues have seen that interaction and, and Catherine turned around and that light bulb moment for her last week is that bloke watches your market updates. He's just asked when the next one's coming out. <laughs> um, and I think one thing that I'm really poor at demonstrating is the reach and yeah. the views. You know, each one of those videos I put out gets between four and a half and 7,000 views. In fact, one of them, um, which was the drone one we did, went over 10,000 yeah. um, video views. And I'm not telling my potential vendors that I've got that reach open to me. So that's one key takeaway from me today. I'm going to implement that and start trying to um, make it visual for yep. my clients. Yep. I mean, and Facebook make it so easy. So any posts that you've put on on your business page, you can look at that reach. You can look at how many likes and how many shares that, that it's had. And you can put easily just screen grab that, put it into a case study when you're out in front of a client as to what what was your strategy to get this vendor sold so it's not just hope um as as uh, tom panoff says hope is not a strategy so um and then you can demonstrate that we actually do have a strategy tailored to your property exceptional just one thing i want to come back on to where we first started and you talked about mm. a morning meeting yes um I heard, and I think it came from Josh Fegan, actually, he calls it a direction meeting. Um, yes. And I like that, you know, so yeah. how are we going to direct everybody what they need to do um, yeah. throughout the day? And I thought that was a nicer way of a morning meeting. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and some of them talk about rather than sitting down, standing up, so you don't get the slouchingness and the tiredness again, Monday, sometimes Monday morning or any morning. Some people aren't as awake as others. Some of them have literally maybe woken up at 25 past eight when it's a half past eight morning meeting. Um, some of them maybe have had four, seven bottles of wine the night before, like Mr. Overman had last night. I thought it, I thought it was eight. <laughs> not, not, not all to myself, I hasten to add. Um, we, we had our lovely neighbours over for the first summer barbecue, so that was... Um, um, but but yeah, just, just, stand, just standing up makes a big difference. But... Uh, again, I, I love technology and if we can use, sometimes it doesn't work as well as old fashioned methods, but having it on the screen, so having these, again, 50 inch televisions aren't expensive now, £329 I think it costs for Samsung that's got built in airplay, so anyone that's got a Mac, you don't need separate Apple TV, you can get, just beam straight to it without any cables. Um, and you can then put your stock list on. You've got your facts and figures. But again, the other one was, what's come on the market? So are we ha are we aware of uh, product knowledge of what's come on the market in the past seven days? Is everyone in the office aware of that? So again, just scrolling through, just bringing up right move and just scroll through. Right, okay, but how can we help those vendors? Are they on our database to help them find somewhere else that they want to buy? Brilliant. What fantastic, what fantastic tips. And I just want to add one thing again, Andy, especially for you. Um, I've been doing some work with an investment agent and we started call outs before we do the morning meetings. And what that's done is um, it's created loads of energy, 
loads of buzzing. So when they actually go into their morning meeting and they've got some really good results, then they're buzzing um, rather than having a morning meeting first. And what we found is that people were happy to take the call um, and it showed their hunger and their desire that they actually want their business first thing. So again, I'm sure it won't work with everybody, but it's, it's working well with those people. That's awesome. And of course, Luke, we mentioned before we close, or Stephen, you mentioned um, JP, Josh Fegan. Yeah. And um, we're going to be in his company on Tuesday yes. in Bristol for Peter Knight's um, Property Academy function. Yep. Uh, so looking forward to catching up. I think uh, we're driving down on the Monday afternoon. I know you're catching the high-speed train first class, so you can work on the way, but um, I, I don't have that luxury. Um, we're meeting up on Monday evening. And um, so what are you hoping to take away from that? Uh, I think anyone that hasn't seen or been in the same room as Josh Vegan uh, is in for a treat that's going along. Um, and there's always key takeaways with Josh. So um he because he's got his finger on the pulse with what's trending what's what's working well he works with some of the top agents around the world whether or not it's dubai australia new zealand i think even in america now and also the uk um and i think i think he's working with paramount properties from when we had them earlier on in the podcast as well isn't he Stephen? he certainly um, is yep so um with josh you're just going to get lots and lots of content you're going to be bowled over by his energy again um he, he's like he's like a machine when it comes to to his his energy and his knowledge um yeah you, you're just going to have loads loads and loads and loads to take away any other uk-based agencies working with luke um yeah maybe this outfit in leicester that he's coming to see soon which will be quite which will be quite good so that again that was one of my it sounds really sad really but one of one of my kind of goals was to have josh vegan come in house to help train our staff or colleagues and we're we've been able to do that now um and we're going to get the benefit from it so he's coming into us uh in a week or so's time um to spend a whole day with with everyone which is which is going to be great and they're going to take and the the response in the in the offices like they feel like we've landed like some A-list pop star coming in to <laughs> train them. But, they, but that's the great thing that he, he, the respect and uh, the reputation that he's got within, within the industry is great. And they were only talking about it last night saying, oh, you can't, can't believe that you've landed Josh and we're really looking forward to it. Fantastic. And that's what we want. And I just want our listeners to know as well, because um, Luke, you do a lot of things for a lot of people and your generosity is outstanding. Um, and I know it's something that you wouldn't uh, go away, but Stephen um, posted in our, in our group the other day that Luke has three, I think three spaces, wasn't it? Um, uh, that you could accommodate um, within your meeting room or your function. And Luke has generously, um, offered those out to three people within the mastermind group that we work with on, on a quarterly basis. And that is um, absolutely phenomenal. Um, your generosity, uh, the way that you share and care about the industry. Um, and uh, I just think that, that I'd like to put that out there um, because that, that's phenomenal. You know, it's not cheap getting Josh Vegan over into your office for the day and to give up three places for people that you work with once a quarter in a mastermind group. Um, that just shows, I think, what kind of guy you are, Luke. So um, from us, 
to you. Thank you very much. Please continue doing what you do for the industry. Um, and that just about wraps up another episode. Guys, don't forget to like, rate, and share. We really appreciate your ear, your time. Uh, what we'd really appreciate is that five-star review. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay.